Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bajani and Creighton. In for Patrick Creighton this evening, Adam Spolane. I'm Sean Bajani, Chris Santiago producing. 713-572-4610 on the text line from the 713. Spo, I appreciate your confidence in Stroud and the Texans, but they won't have the benefit of a top five weakest strength of schedule next season. There are seven or eight playoff teams on next season's schedule. Uh, signed Ocho. Yeah, I've heard that argument a lot, Ocho. Here's the thing. <laughs> You want to play with the big dogs? You want to be considered a favorite, you know, one of the best in your conference? Of course you do. Um, I would imagine to a far lesser degree, teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens, Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, teams like that, they have that type of conversation far less each and every year. Um, The Cincinnati Bengals, I would put up there in that conversation, you know, teams that have kind of been there, that are on that or at least had been in that trajectory and been uh, the powers that be um, that have won their division. The Pittsburgh Steelers from a few years ago. Like You want to be considered one of those teams, and that's what we're talking about. If you think the Texans should be amongst the top five, four, three teams to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs to get to a Super Bowl, whether it be number 59 or 60, 61 here at some point in the next three years, you got to play those. You got to play those schedules. That's That's what you want. I mean, just because you play a tough schedule doesn't mean you can't win those games. Right. And when you have... Listen, I'm putting a lot of eggs in the C.J. Stroud basket. I.e. this year's schedule. They lost to a lot of bad teams. But, listen, a lot of this is putting the eggs in the C.J. Stroud basket. And my expectation is that he is going to continue playing at an absurdly high level. And I think that he'll have a better roster behind him next year. And I think that having a year under his belt will be very important also. So my expectation is that C.J. Stroud is going to ascend. If he does, he just brings the rest of the team up with him. And so I get the schedule is going to be tougher, and they've got to play Baltimore and um, Kansas City next year. And like those are three, and playing Buffalo, playing a first-place schedule in the AFC is really difficult. That means Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen are on your schedule. But to me, C.J. Stroud is going to be on that level. Yeah. Well, so you know what he says? they got to play us too. Exactly. So I just... <laughs> I don't think Jacksonville fell off this season because they played a tough schedule. I don't think that was why. I think they fell off because Trevor Lawrence wasn't good enough. Yeah. And that roster wasn't good enough. And they did a poor job of building that roster. I think the Texans are well positioned to, frankly, be a lot better than what... The Texans on paper are better than Jacksonville. C.J. Stroud is better than Trevor Lawrence. The Texans, I think, have done a much better job of building the roster. They They didn't spend way too much money 
on Christian Kirk and, and some very average wide receivers. I just well, think, they spent a lot of money a couple of years ago, yeah. So I just think that the Texans are are far better positioned to make some sort of a run and some sort of sustainable run here for the next three, four years. He's Adam Spillane, Sean Bajani. It's Area 45. I asked you the question, if the Astros should get back in the business with this former Houston Astro pitcher, Jake Odorizzi on MLB Network Radio earlier this week had a hell of a pitch for anybody and everybody that would be willing to listen. I'm open to a, a lot of things. Like I said, innings is, is the most important thing. I want to be able to give a team valuable innings and, you know, shoot in, you know, over 100-plus innings. So however that dictates, so be it. But, um, yeah, just you know, the opportunity, the innings, and whatever I can do to – to help a team win, and I think there's a lot more um, openness in the game and the research side of it to you know roles that may or may not go in that direction. So I cut that down to about thirty some odd seconds. He went on for about two minutes, and about I covered the guy. I know <laughs> he went on and on and on about I'd be willing to do whatever you need me to do. A different sounding Jake Odorizzi, right there than the one that the Astros used to have um, back in 2021, some of 2022. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, what was the situation that Jake Odorizzi really had an issue with? Well, he didn't like that they wouldn't let him go deeper into go games. Go deeper into games. That was his biggest issue. He spoke for about a minute straight about how that is his strong suit. I'm an innings eater. I can go deeper into games. And then he got really desperate and said, you know what? I'll realize in a couple of years, maybe the time's now because I'm not signed and, you know, I need somebody to sign me and uh, I'll be willing to pitch the sixth. You know, that's an important role, the seventh, the eighth. Well, you know, the Astros maybe have the seventh and eighth and ninth locked up, Jake, but I don't know. I'm, I'm being tongue in cheek here a little bit. I, I, I'm going to ask you the question because of the concern with J.P. France, Justin Verlander experiencing quote unquote hiccups, you know, to start spring training, dealing with a little bit of inflammation. Uh, respective to their uh, own injuries. But the other question marks revolving around the Astros starting rotation, you not having Lance McCullers Jr. and Luis Garcia back presumably until mid to late summer. Could the Astros use the services of a guy like Jake Odorizzi? Not necessarily him, maybe, but a guy like him to start the season that could get you some innings, uh, get you deeper into ball games. No, I don't think so. And I like the guy. And I, don't, I think he's a good pitcher, and I think he's a really smart guy. And he was good to have around that clubhouse when he was here for mm-hmm. the two seasons that he or however long it was. I, I think for where they are at, now listen, if it turns out that Verlander and France are going to be down for a while, then maybe the equation changes. But it doesn't seem like that any issue that they are having is going to result in them missing either the start of the season or a significant portion of the season. So fill those roles internally. Because the problem that you run into with somebody like Anodorizzi is that, okay, you have him, but then what happens when everybody gets healthy? Are you going to pitch him in the bullpen? That's not something that he's really done in the past. That's a great point. You can't just send him down to the minor leagues because he doesn't have options, and he's not going to accept a role like that. So like guys like that, you just don't have any flexibility. Yeah. And and so I... Unless you used him as a trade piece, you know. uh, That's not, you know, great. You can... Maybe get some sort of fringy thing, but I, I don't think that there's like a huge market for somebody. No, like but that I mean, that would be your that. option because, you know, you get to, let's just say, right around the trade deadline. Okay. 
um, maybe late July, early August. Potentially, you could have 10 starting caliber pitchers if you're the Houston Astros, if you're looking at Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Hunter Brown, J.P. France, Jose Urquidy, Renel Blanco you've had to use in the pinch, Brandon Belak you've had to use in the pinch. Um, if you added a guy like Jake Odorizzi into the equation along with, that I mentioned, Lance McCullers would be coming back around that time and Luis Garcia be coming back around that time, that's a lot of starting caliber pitchers that you'd have at your disposal the Astros are going to have some decisions most likely to be made on one or two of those guys, presumably. So your your point's taken. Do you forecast if, just hypothetically, the Astros and Justin Verlander decide, you know what, I'm 41 years old. I'm not catching up being two weeks behind here in the next few weeks. It just is what it is. JP, they're going to bring him along a little slowly now you're kind of in a little bit of a pinch where you might have to rely upon a guy like Brandon Belak or Anel Blanco or insert other name to give you that option to go with a six-man rotation when you're starting the season playing 38 games in a 40-day stretch. Ask me in a month. Because well, I, I, it doesn't sound like that the stuff... I mean, Verlander threw a bullpen yesterday, so I mean, it doesn't seem like he's going to be... as far, He's not that far behind, and it doesn't seem like France is going to be that far behind either, so I, I just... If I don't think that Odorizzi is a better option than probably what you have in your own system, and you have some flexibility with those guys where you wouldn't necessarily with Odorizzi. So, to me, unless somebody is down long term, unless it turns out that Verlander's got something that it's it's going to keep him out for a good portion of the season, then that's when you start looking outside the organization. But right now, now see what you got with these pitchers that you already have in house, and who knows, maybe somebody pops. I was going to ask you, you know, who are one of those guys that maybe could pop that we've heard from? You know, it seems like Forrest Whitley's going to be looked be upon as a bullpen guy. Spencer Aragetti's a guy who's coming off of a good season last year. Um, what is it? I think he's 23. He's been around a little 24, bit. maybe? 24. Is he 24? Yeah. Is that a guy that the Astros might consider bringing up a little earlier, kind of like a J.P. France last year? I know he's a little older. Uh, J.P. was, or is. But is Spencer Arrighetti somebody that we can maybe see sooner than oh, expected, yeah. or is there another? No, the fact that he was in AAA, like, he's a, he's a prospect, and I think that they really like him. Um, and, yeah, so I, I think that he would obviously, he's certainly a candidate, if they need him, that he would get an opportunity. And mm-hmm. I think that I would rather give somebody like that an opportunity than go sign you know, some 30-something-year-old um, who's, you know, not in your organization. So. Yeah, and I, if you're Dana Brown, we've heard him say this a couple of times this offseason. He did the other day, uh, I think, first day when pitchers and catchers reported and he was made available that, you know, hey, you know, we're always looking for starting pitching. I think any GM would be wise to have that mentality. Um, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go out and pull the trigger right now, but you have to keep that open if you're Dana Brown because of, the injury issues and things always are in flux, especially early on in the spring. Free agents are out there to be had. Many of them a little higher priced, I think, than the Astros would be interested in. But Trevor Bauer, I heard a few people talking about him uh, earlier today on various platforms. Apparently, Trevor Bauer would be willing to play for somebody, anybody, for the league minimum. Is that 
something that not even just the Astros might entertain, but any other Major League Baseball team at this point, would they be in the Trevor Bauer business? There's a reason why he's still out there. That's all I'll say. There's a reason why nobody has jumped on that grenade. And maybe that's all that needs to be said, right? I mean, at some point, I feel like a team is going to have their backs up against the wall and see a guy like Trevor Bauer and give him a shot. But Trevor Bauer... Wasn't he pitching for like some Japanese team last year and absolutely stinking it up? No, he was good. He, he, listen, Trevor Bauer is a really good pitcher. I know he used to be a good no, pitcher. No, he still Didn't is. Didn't he have a really bad no. spot in the Japanese I league? I think he or... might have had like one bad start or something, but no, Trevor Bauer is still good. I just don't think anybody has any interest in dealing with everything that comes with Trevor Bauer. Legal issues pending. Just the PR hit that comes with Trevor Bauer. Last year, so he pitched for Yokohama last year. And he had an ERA, what, 276. Oh, was it that good? Wow. Yeah. I thought he was stinking it up. Oh, you think Trevor Bauer's going to go to Japan and stink? No, I don't Trevor know. Bauer is still really good. But again, there's baggage that comes with Trevor Bauer. And that's why, A, he's willing to pitch for the minimum. And B, why nobody wants him, even because even for that reason. That's crazy so, yeah, to me, that's though. Just, that's crazy to me. I mean, I we all know the legal issues that he's dealing with and the bad look that it is going to be at some point if he ever does play again. But... It is crazy that at one point in time, he was the league's highest paid pitcher for like, I don't know, a cup of coffee. And then all of this news broke. And how long has it been since he's pitched in Major League Baseball? Is this going to be the third straight season without Trevor Bauer? Uh, I believe so, yeah. He got suspended in 21, didn't pitch at all in 22 or 22, 23. 22-23, so. so 24. It'll be third straight year. Pretty crazy. 713-572-4610. Coming up next, are you going to be on or off? It's the bandwagon. Stay there. It's Area 45. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm on a board. I'm yeah, he's been off the wagon two years. Off the wagon? I think it's off the wagon. I think it's on the wagon. You're back on the wagon. Right off the wagon. What the hell do you know about wagon? I know enough not to get on them. Told you. There's lots of All right, it's time to play the bandwagon. You're going to be on or off. 
Sean Bajani, Adam Spillane, who's in for Patrick Creighton this evening, Chris Santiago producing. Let's see what you guys think about this one. Case Keenum just can't get any respect. You remember the Minneapolis Miracle, that game between the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints when the Saints came back from a 17-0 first-half deficit, got up 24-23 with 25 seconds remaining in a playoff game back in, what was that, 2018? On the last play of the game, Vikings quarterback Case Keenum threw a 27-yard pass to Stephon Diggs. Remember Marcus Williams missing the tackle, allowed Diggs to run to the end zone and score for 61 yards as time expired. At the time, that game was the first in NFL playoff history to end in a touchdown as time expired. But as I am recounting that, many of you probably remember it and most certainly remembered who was quarterbacking for the Minnesota Vikings Keyshawn Johnson was having a little bit of trouble as he was trying to make an argument um, earlier today. Take a listen. He's one in three lifetime in the post, and the only win is the the miracle. The, the eyes closed by the New Orleans Saints. And, and, you know, that's the only <laughs> That's the only one. Yeah, he wasn't talking about Case Keenum. He was trying to make a point about Kirk Cousins and how many uh, playoff games he has not won. Uh, He thought he was making a point about Kirk Cousins. In fact, uh, he was talking about Case Keenum. I don't know that anybody actually corrected him. Do you know this, Chris? Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) You mean they just just let him go? They just let him drown? Not sure, but... Oh, my goodness. Well... Hopefully one of the producers did. (laughs) Yeah, maybe after the fact. Yeah. Um, What's that? You know, did they get an opportunity at the end of the show to correct their mistakes? You know? Like, we have a lot of mistakes on this show. Sometimes we get a chance to uh, clean those up. Other times, other times we don't. Mistakes? Well, you spoke the, let's see, what was it about 45 minutes ago, an hour ago? The thought, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Who I was he, right about that. thought Ellis Burks was in the damn Hall of Fame. Uh, I hear that. The hell right. out of here. Harold Baines, Ellis Burks, same thing. <laughs> If anything, Ellis Burks was better than Harold Baines. Ellis Burks not in the Go look up your damn OPS Plus and then get back to me on that. (laughs) (laughs) Ellis Burks. I'll ask you guys a question. Was Keyshawn Johnson purposely trying to throw shade at Case Keenum? Are you on or off the bandwagon? First of all, Ellis Burks was a 126 (laughs) OPS Plus. Harold Baines was 121. All right. No, I, I don't think that Keyshawn, I just don't think he remembered. I mean, first of all, it was a long time ago. And also, they signed Kirk Cousins right after that season. After that season. They went to the NFC Championship he game. He wasn't even they on still, the team. Yeah, they went. They, they knew. Well, no offense <laughs> to Case, but they knew. <laughs> yeah. Case a nice guy. Case probably knew. He had his moments. Doing his job. Had his moments. What, what happened the, the, the next game for the Vikings? You remember? I know they didn't win. They lost by many, many, many <laughs> points. No, they didn't win. Many points. Yeah, it happens. All right, so you're off that bandwagon. Chris? Yeah, I'm off, but that's, that's kind of rude, man. Like, how do you not? That's a huge moment in the NFL. Yeah, but it's the receiver who made the who had the big moment. But the, hey, the quarterback know, just kind of, what, what, uh, what were the air yards of that pass? It was 27-yard pass down the right sideline. At least probably. And if not for Marcus Williams whiffing on that tackle, which... Yeah, Stephon Diggs making a move. 
Well, Stephon yeah, Diggs hard to tackle. If you remember, people crushed. Uh, uh, oh, now the name's slipping my mind. What did I just say? Uh, Marcus. What's his last Williams. name? Marcus Williams. People talked more about the missed tackle than they did the move, if there even was a move. You got to avoid the tackle, though. They talked more about that than even the throw. But I would guess that more people would probably remember that it was Case Keenum. That's really the impetus of the Minneapolis miracle. Like, if it had been another quarterback, I don't know that they would have even dubbed it that. Um, But because it was the high improbability that Case Keenum would lead that game-winning drive the way that he did... I think that's a large portion why it was called the Minneapolis Miracle. So you're off the bandwagon, Chris. Correct. I, I, I'll be off too. I think he just kind of forgot. But it's the continuous like slight of Case Keenum, man. Show that man some respect. Put some damn respect it. on his name. God, I hope he's back to uh, mentor CJ again for year two. We'll get the CJ here uh, next. Actually, that was, a, that was a hard catch too that Stephon Diggs made. Are you rewatching the play? I, I, not the whole play, just the like. That was not an easy play. That was not an easy catch. No, I'm sure it wasn't. I mean, but uh, was Coleman like right there and then he whiffed? Or... Yeah, he, he whiffed on the tackle. But again, S- Stephon Diggs had to make the catch. Yeah, yeah. And then he had to stay in balance, too. Did he have to like go up and kind of reach behind him a little and bit? And he, he had to use his hand to brace him from like to going out of bounds, up. right? Yeah. yeah. And to keep him up. Yeah. So, yeah, that is that is totally a Stephon Diggs play. Somebody had to throw him the ball, man. Right. <laughs> he threw it up. <laughs> Case Keenum threw it up along the kinda sideline. Like kind of like to the one uh, that he threw Dalton Schultz, where a, Dalton Schultz saved the season earlier this year. It was year. a lot. It was... <laughs> Somebody had to throw the damn ball. Would Davis Mills have thrown that ball? Probably not. He would have thrown it out of the back of the damn end zone for fear of being intercepted. Case, he don't care. Well, He's going to give his guy a chance. Well, they would have lost the game. <laughs> if Davis Mills would have thrown it out of the back of the end zone? Yeah. But if... Because Case Keenum had the balls of steel and just decided, you know what? Schultz is coming down with this bad boy, even if he has to rip it from the cold, dead hands of that defensive back. Damn it, he did. All right, C.J. Stroud, you got to be kidding me. I'm not even joking. A lot of people are joking about this. I am not joking. Last night at the uh, celebrity softball game at Minute Maid Park, part of the Cactus Jack uh, led charity event hosted by Travis Scott. Brought all kinds of celebrities out. Alex Bregman was in for it. Travis Scott was there. Um, DeMar Hamlin from the Buffalo Bills was there. All kinds of guys. I can't even remember. It was just a list of who is who. Well, after the game, C.J. Stroud is being videoed carrying the bags of one, I guess, is she former or current adult entertainment I don't know who she is. Performer Amber Rose. You probably know her more for all of the uh, celebrity that she's dated, dated, you know, shacked up with. They're getting in the car together, and I guess CJ was uh, going to take her home after, uh, for whatever reason, what idiot would be leaving Amber Rose, like, high and dry, taking her back to the hotel? I think it was a plant. I think she said, go ahead. I'll get me a ride from this nice young man right here. I don't like it. It's been a hell of a last few weeks for C.J. Stroud, Offensive Rookie of the Year, getting all kinds of pub during Super Bowl week on Radio Row, on every single show. Great PR until he's seen in the Kim Kardashian suite. Um, And now this Amber Rose thing. 
Should this bother you as a Houston Texan fan? Are you on or off the bandwagon? Off? Doesn't bother you at all? You're not concerned about I'm this? Not, I'm not telling another guy how to live his life. I don't need you to tell him, but I, you feel comfortable with this? I don't care. Show up to camp on time. Be in shape. That's all I care about. Live your life. Chris? Yeah, I'm off. Um, He's a young man. Seems like he has, uh, he knows what he's doing. Um, and if anything, I mean, his mom will probably be like, hey, CJ, you know, like, what's going on? So, yeah, I'm off. Um, Do you think his right. mom would have asked him that after the uh, Kardashian suite? Probably not because of, you know, what they have going on with the whole prison reform stuff. All right. So, but, um, good point. A really good point. So, um, but yeah, no, um, CJ's going to be fine. You know, the first thing I Googled today when I saw this video on Twitter? Prison reform. <laughs> <laughs> I googled Amber Rose prison reform, like hoping that that's why he would be involved with Amber Rose. Like, there's got to be a good reason behind this. Hey man, live your life. Couldn't find anything. I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody how to live their life. Look, CJ's, he's a legit dude, man. Show up to camp on time. He's done all the right stuff. It's just, shape. you don't want to see it. Like, honestly, it's not a good look. It's just not a good look. You Again. can't tell me that it is. Show up to camp on time and be in shape. When he's hanging out with the don't same people that have detracted other former Houston stars over the years, don't like br- James don't, Harden. Don't break any laws. Don't drink and drive. Stay off drugs. Show up to camp on time. Be in shape. But this is like the all gateway to all of that. Like, is he not? Is he hanging around the best possible people to prevent poor decisions from being made? Don't do drugs. Don't drink and drive. Be Show up to camp on time and be in shape. I don't like it. I don't like it, man. I don't like it. Live your life, but don't break any laws. All right. So uh, I'm on that bandwagon by myself. Just stay away. I don't care. I'll pick you guys up only when I circle back. Don't drink and drive. All right. (laughs) Don't drink and drive. Yes, please don't. Uh, Up next on bandwagon, George Carl. Do you guys remember him? Of course. George Carl has reignited a Twitter beef with one Carmelo Anthony. Uh, This stems back at least five years that I can remember. They've been going back and forth on Twitter. And the most recent that I remembered was actually just a couple of years ago when Carmelo Anthony, then a member of the Los Angeles Lakers, tweeted out a picture of himself. Uh, from the Sports Center website. Mello has his eyes set on a championship with the Lakers. This is the one thing I'm missing, Mello said. This is the one thing that keeps me up at night, that motivates me because I don't have it. End quote, Mello. George Carl at the time retweeted that, or quote tweeted that, saying, and it kept our coaching staff up at night a decade ago when we were stressing the importance of team play and defense with a laughing emoji. Well, the beef had since died down until George Carl reignited it on Twitter by saying, hey, Carmelo Anthony, he added him. Let's not do this. You're telling stories that are 20 years old. Let's move forward. And you were overrated and you wish your game was as efficient as Detlef's. Talking about Detlef's shrimp back in the day with <laughs> this Seattle Supersonics. Carl wrote that on Twitter as he was responding to a clip in which Carmelo was reflecting on his time in Denver. And specifically, Melo was talking about Carl's first impression of the team ahead of a uh, revenge game against the Milwaukee Bucks. So kind of kind of Melo seems to have caught like a stray from George Carl. And I don't 
I don't know where I'm at on this. Like, well, no. So what happened was the story was basically the when George Carl took over as Nuggets head coach, he told Carmelo, "Hey, you're overrated, and like you need to be efficient like that." And Delishup was a really good player too. Like he's a really good player. Good. And so that was that was the point that he was trying to get across. And then Carmelo tells this story on whatever podcast that is, Mm -hmm. and that's where the first. And I, I think that. Um, that George Carl was kind of joking at the end when he did the whole overrated and de- you wish you were a Detlef Schrempf or whatever. I think he was joking when he said that. But, hey man, George Carl doesn't care. George, George Carl doesn't care. I mean, he used a laughing emoji, so yeah. maybe maybe he was joking or maybe he was like, laughing at Mello. I, I don't think George Carl and Carmelo Anthony are best of friends. But let's be honest, Carmelo Anthony had some really good years when he was coached by George Carl. And those were some good Denver teams, too. Well, that was the best years of Melo's career. Oh, by far. There's no doubt about that. He had one, Carl real, he had obviously one real good year like in New York. Boat, though. Well, he had one good he had one real good year in New York. And and so they went to the conference finals in 09. And they took the they took a really good Lakers game to a uh, really good Lakers team to six games. And mm-hmm. the, it was 2-2 in that series. And then the Nuggets were really good the next year and probably could have won the West. And then Carl got sick. Remember, Carl had yeah. cancer. Yeah. And he had to step away the rest of that season, and that team fell apart once he did. They lost in the first round of the playoffs when when Carl wasn't there. Who took over for him? Do you remember Adrian Dantley? And that that was a that was a that was a crazy team. Mm-hmm. That was a Carmelo Anthony. That was a Kenyon Martin, J.R. Smith. Like that was a that that team had some crazy guys on yeah, it. it and good. Adrian Dantley just couldn't he could not keep those guys in line the way that George Carl was able to. So they fell apart. And then uh, Carmelo Anthony basically demanded a trade from that point on. And so that team just was never really the same, and it kind of broke up. And they had a couple good years after Carmelo left, and then George Carl uh, was fired after they lost in the first round when he won Coach of the Year. George Carl out of line for taking a shot at Melo, on or off? I'm, I, I don't think he was necessarily taking a shot at him. I think that he was just kind of having fun on Twitter. Bringing up what, old news. But Carmelo did it first. He's responding to what Carmelo said on that podcast or whatever it was. So if if Carmelo doesn't say that, if Carmelo doesn't rehash that story, George Carl doesn't say anything. So Melo's not living the life of no regrets, if you will. So, so you're off of that one, Chris. I'm on, man. Just mind your business. Why are you worried about what Melo's saying? Like keep, defending keep, himself. Keep it moving. Just keep it moving. <laughs> you know, that's that's by the way though, that's a great story though of George Carl just coming in and telling the best player on the team. Hey man, you're overrated. You're not efficient enough. That's very much George Carl, and he's still very hard-headed. You know, tough. Always kind of been a smug kind of a guy. Just not. Gonna, neither one of those guys is ever going to let that die. An, George Carl's an old man. He's seventy-two years old. Yeah, that's not that old. Your, your head, it's pretty old. That's your, old. Head, your, your head doesn't become less hard as you get older. No, I mean that's not that. I mean he's been away from coaching and even broadcasting and analyst work now for a little bit. Well, he's seventy-two. Like, yeah, but I. I thought he was 72 like 15 years ago, to be honest with you. George You're Carl, 72. George like, Carl yeah. was coaching in the 90s. It's like a, like he was a young coach. Mm-hmm. He was a really young NBA head coach. He didn't look with, very with young. Yeah, he looked young. Uh, <laughs> well, he... first of all, people in their 40s back in the 90s, they look a lot older than people in their 40s now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I agree. So though. it's a different, like he looked, he looked young. You go look at some of those old games from the 90s. That's a young looking guy. 
when he was 40. Are you going back to the early 90s yeah, when he was 93, coaching? Yeah, 94. He was coaching Sean against the Rockets. Kemp yeah. and Detlef Schrempf and he, Gary He Payton. was the young hotshot. I think he was coaching in the NBA by, in his like early 30s. Yeah, I'm talking like 15 years ago, man, when he was coaching like the Denver Nuggets and not looking. We, we had cancer. Yeah, but before we had, we, we had cancer. I mean, golly. The guys looked old for a long time. I I vehemently disagree with that. <laughs> vehemently. <laughs> Look at Spo defending like the youthness, the youthful look of one George Carl, who was uh, the ripe old age of 72. I was trying he to do him a salad saying, dang, 72 is not old. I mean, geez. 72 Bill is old, though. Pete Carroll, 72. <laughs> but, Bill Belichick, 72. But does Pete look 72? No, he does not. Exactly. No. Like, Bill Belichick looks old. <laughs> Belichick looks old. Pete Carroll does not. I haven't seen I haven't seen George Carl in like five years since he's last been on TV, or at least I've last watched. Uh, that's going to do it for Bandwagon. we got a final segment. Let's keep it with basketball because Ime Yudoka talked about something this week uh, that I want to pick your brain on and that he might be tinkering with the starting lineup with the Rockets. What would Basketball Spo do? We'll get that next. Sports Radio 610. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bishani and Creighton. In for Patrick Creighton this evening, Adam Spillane is here. Sean Bajani, that is me, Chris Santiago producing. Final segment of the show. Uh, work a little rockets into it uh, before we say goodnight. Uh, Spo, look, you've been covering this Rockets team all season long. Uh, what did you make of Ime Yudoka's comments the other evening uh, at the conclusion of that Grizzlies loss? And for those that um, need a refresher, here's what he had to say. And this was uh, directed at, obviously, the uh, disappointing first half of the season as uh, he saw it, the way that the Rockets had finished. Um, they'd been outscored in 12 of their last 15 losses. Really, the slow starts had hurt them. They were down by as much as 26 points the other night to the Grizzlies. Uh, it was 21, 26 points, something like that. Uh, here's what he had to say. Quote, it's definitely a concerning problem. Maybe I have to look at the rotation and the lineup I have out there starting and try to get five competitors out there at one time to avoid poor starts like that. I will look at all that over the break, look in the mirror at myself, and figure out the best way forward to get us off to better starts. Um, between January 3rd and February 12th, suppose, just looking at some of these numbers, Rockets 8-15 and 15 during that stretch in those eight wins. Seven of them, they uh, had outscored their opponents in the first quarter. 
You look at these numbers, what does it say to you, especially considering, you know, how unhealthy they've been? They've been missing some important bodies along the way. Is that just it that's kind of holding this team back from taking that next step at this point in time? Or what else do you see? Well, there's definitely a lack of consistency. And I think that's probably to be expected when you have a young group. Um, The injury bug has really hit them hard. And this is a team for the first well, from the start of the season through Christmas, they had used two starting lineups. Mm-hmm. And they used their main starting lineup of Van Vliet, Jalen Green, Brooks, Smith, and Shingoon. They used that starting lineup in all but one game um, from the start of the year through Christmas. And it hasn't been like that. And it's been either it was Dylan Brooks who's missed a bunch of time. Tari Eason hasn't played now in, what, six weeks or so. And who knows when he's coming back. Uh Van Vliet has now missed this, what, last five, six game stretch, whatever it is. Shingun missed a game in there. Smith missed and seven games, and they're one and six yeah, during that stretch. Uh, Smith missed missed a few games uh, as well. So th- they've had trouble keeping guys on the court. And from a depth standpoint, they aren't good enough. Um, and you start to learn that as the season goes along. But I think the big thing has been just a lack of consistency from Jalen Green. And, and I think when you look at getting off to better starts, like they have tried to get Jalen Green going early in games because – you know, Shengun's going to wind up getting his touches as the game moves along, but you get Jalen Green involved in the game early on, and then hopefully that can carry over. And he has struggled, especially on the road. He's been, you look at just the splits, he has been a far different player at Toyota Center than he has been away from Toyota Center. All all the Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, Five and 21 are they on the road, how, I believe? How, how the team goes is how Jalen Green goes, it, it seems like. So I don't know if they'll, I would be surprised if they make any sort of like a, a change to that starting five. But it wouldn't shock me, I guess. I just It sounds like it's coming. Right? I I mean, I don't think it is just because okay, so you decide to go, you decide to make a change to that starting lineup, okay? What's the change going to be? Are you going to start Cam Whitmore? Cam Whitmore has done some nice things and there's some talent there, but if he's not shooting or if he's not scoring the basketball, he doesn't make a real impact really anywhere else. Defensively, he's going to struggle. He doesn't like keep the ball moving or anything like that. He's not going to make plays for others. Now, they could start a man Thompson next to Van Vliet, mm-hmm. but then it just completely messes with your spacing because nobody's guarding um, a man Thompson. So is that the direction you want to go? What if you move Dylan Brooks to the two? Then who do you start at the three? So there's a bunch of different decisions that have to go into this. I would expect, to me, the last however many, I think, what is 26, 27 games that they have left, to me, they need to learn as much about Jalen Green as possible over this last you know second half of the season. Because that's the decision that they have to make. He's a guy who will be eligible for an extension before next season. I think that they need to leave this season knowing for sure if he's a guy that they want to extend. If he is, great. You can maybe get that done. If he's not, then you have to start looking at your options for him. Because he's the guy who's been around the longest. Him and Chingun. I think Chingun, you kind of know what you have at this point. But I think Jalen Green is the guy that they have to really be able to to get enough information from, make a decision on him. Now, maybe you want to see how he looks coming off the bench. Maybe you want to see if he can handle that sort of role. Maybe he's better. Maybe he's a better fit for that role. So maybe that's part of the the factor that goes into that I think equation. it's worth a look. You know, it's just where is his head at is where I kind of, that's my biggest question. That's where I'm at with him because, you know, he, he's young. He's a kid. Um, I, I look at him as a guy who came in in a 
this organization during a really bad time. You know, it was not a great culture. It was a lot of, um, it's just a lot of moving parts that it's turned out to be. And maybe this has been a little bit of a shock to him. But to have the mindset where is, you know, look, hey, I'm a starter. I'm not a sixth man. You know, I don't really see myself as a guy coming off of the bench. You know, Ime's got to be able to reach him and have him understand. If, in fact, that's what Ime thinks is best for the team. Like, look, this is going to maybe be the best thing for your career at this point in time. But it also might be the best thing for our team. We're going to have to get a really good look and see what we have. And if moving, you know, Dylan Brooks to the two and having Cam start some games at the three is an option, I'd be willing to look at that. If starting Amin at the two and having Dylan at the three with Van Vliet, you know, running point, if that's an option, I got to be willing to look at that. And I feel like Ime's reached the point where you, your back is against the wall at this point because you need to take that next step. And you can't do that when there are guys like Tari Eason and Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks just in and out with all kinds of injury, and you're trying to get one of your young, your better players going consistently. Well, maybe have him come off of the bench and let him own that role. You know, let him be that guy. And let's see which, what, what Cam can be as a starter. Let's see what Amin can be as a starter. All I know about Udoka is he's not going to go up to Jalen Green and say, May I bring you off the bench? He is going to say, you are coming off the right, bench. Right, right. And if and Jalen Green can take that as like a, hey, all right, let's do this. Or he can pout and it can go it can go sideways. It could for go him. sideways. But right now, how do you think that's going to go if you're Jalen Green, where he's at, where well, he seems listen, to be? He's got, you only got one choice in the matter. And if you pout and if you whine about it, guess what? All you're doing is costing yourself at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And you're going to cost yourself money. You're going to cost yourself with this team. You're going to cost yourself with this next team. And your reputation around the league goes in the toilet. So for Jalen Green in a public setting, he better say, hey, man, I'm cool with this. Yeah, man, I'm going to make the best out of the situation. And if he's not cool with it, use that as motivation. Use that as motivation to play better. Because let's be honest, Jalen Green has not been very good this season. He's had his moments. He's flashed at certain times. But on balance, he has not been good enough. Right, right. Uh, Ocho, not a fan of one Jalen Green. Hey, Spo, I have a question. So let's say, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking ahead. I'm yeah. already thinking of, let's say they do decide to, and Jalen Green is not, doesn't pan out to be, you know, what they want to be, and they decide to move on from him. You know, who is somebody that they're maybe want to look at or maybe trade for or anything like, you know, who's somebody that, that the Rockets should look into? So they did not do anything at the trade deadline after the Steven Adams deal. Mm-hmm. They are well positioned to go after somebody big in the offseason because they will have the contracts that you can stack. They will have the draft picks that you can add into a trade. They're probably going to wind up getting a top 10 pick from Brooklyn. Who knows? All they, they, they basically control Brooklyn's next four drafts between pick swaps and picks. Um, they are probably going to make out very well when it comes to Brooklyn. So let's say they go to the Nets and say, all right, we're going to give you back your drafts. We are going to give you back the picks and pick swaps that you gave us in the Harden trade. Plus, we'll give you Jalen Green and some other salary filler for Mikael Bridges. That's a possibility. That's a lot. And I know Mikael Bridges <laughs> is somebody that they were very interested in before the deadline. So that right there is a possibility. Now, let's say, let's throw out the hypothetical that Boston has a bad postseason. Let's say the Celtics lose early in the playoffs. Earlier, like they're right now the number one seed in the East. 
let's say they lose again in the Eastern Conference Finals, or who knows, maybe they get a bad matchup in the second round and they lose before the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe the Rockets make a run at Jalen Brown. Somebody that Ime Udoka obviously really likes. Obviously, Jalen Brown has a relationship with Ime Udoka, and the Rockets do have the salaries that you could match up in order to make a deal like that happen. So the Rockets are positioned to make some sort of a big splash this summer if one is out there. If one's out there. Yeah, Jalen Brown, he's a guy that's... Uh, and, I'm, and I'm telling you right now, I, I think... His name's not going to go away. They will certainly go down the Mikel Bridges. Um, they, they will explore that once again with Brooklyn because... Why didn't it, they do that already, though? Brooklyn didn't. Brooklyn wasn't interested. Not even for Jalen Green and picks. No, and I think the, the one thing that you kind of have to tell Brooklyn is like, hey, y'all are a bad team right now with Mikel Bridges. And it does not help you to be bad because you're not going to have any of your picks. So you can continue being bad and you can continue to give us lottery picks or you can give us Mikhail Bridges and we'll give you your picks back. It's mm-hmm. like the, the draft day thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Hey, I want my picks back. Yeah. And that is that is what the Rockets should be. The, the Rockets are basically would be offering Brooklyn a way out where it's like, all right, we can go back into this rebuild and we can get our picks back and we're going to give up Mikhail Bridges. And you look at what they did with that Kevin Durant trade, they got Bridges, who's and they got Cam Johnson in that Durant trade. They also got all those picks from Phoenix. Again, they are probably going to have a top 10 pick in this draft. And who knows? They could wind up getting some lottery luck, and that turns into a top four pick. Yeah, they're due for some lottery so luck, if you if you are Brooklyn, you should be wanting to get your picks back, understanding that you are not in a position to be good anytime soon. He's Adam Spillane, dropping the knowledge in for PC who will be back in on Monday uh, for Chris Santiago. (laughs) Yeah, already needed a break, man. We'll see if he lasts another three weeks. For Chris Santiago, Adam Spillane, I'm Sean Bajani. Have a great weekend, everybody. H-Town! What's up, Ralph? Great show, man. Good to be on at night. Y'all hitting it on the heat. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.